Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. In this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Jerry Greenberg. Jerry is an American music executive who at 32 was the youngest president of any major record company in the recording industry and received that title in 1974 as president of Atlantic Records. During his tenure as president of several major labels, Jerry has signed such acts as ABBA, The Blues Brothers, Foreigner, Genesis, T.S. Monk, Whitesnake, Chic, Nile Rogers, Dr. Dre and Eazy-E, a production deal, Motorhead, Brownstone, and 3T. In addition to signing acts, Jerry has worked with some of the greatest artists in the music industry, including ACDC, Aretha Franklin, Bad Company, Bee Gees, Crosby, Still Nash & Young, Dr. John, Dusty Springfield, Eagles, Emerson, Lake & Palmer, Eric Clapton, Led Zeppelin, The Rolling Stones, Yes, and Michael Jackson. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got... Jerry Greenberg. Jerry, how are you? What's happening in your life? What's happening in my life? Yeah. Now? Yes. <laughs> or in general. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's, an, it's a very interesting question, which you could take maybe years to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, what just happened in my life was I was rushed to the hospital shame. with a problem with the heart. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital for like uh, six months. Oh, my word. Shame. Now I'm out mm-hmm. and I'm fixed and I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. All day, every day. I've got working on a book mm-hmm. about the years of Atlantic Records. I'm working on a documentary on my life because uh, there's a lot of documentaries now being yep. shown on all these different cable networks, etc., etc. And I think I have a very interesting life being a young drummer who ended up getting into the record business, working for Atlantic Records, moving up the ladder at Atlantic, Mm -hmm. and um, becoming president at 32 years old. I think one of the interesting things about my life is I made my first record when I was 15 years old with a probably the number one doo-wop group called the five satins. Okay. And that big hit in the still of the night, that's who started me in the record business at 15. And the last thing that I did before I now start again, <laughs> is working with Michael Jackson, the biggest entertainer in the world, yeah. entertainer in the world. So I'd say to myself, as I was sitting in the hospital, think going through my career, wow, I started with the number one doo-wop group, and I finished with the number one entertainer in the world. But I'm not finished yet. Absolutely. <laughs> if we are live and breathing, we carry on. We carry on. <laughs> So, Jerry, you mentioned you worked as a drummer with the Five Satins and some different other artists. How did the transition come from being part of the band 
into working at the record label? What was that process? I, I think I became president because I knew how to say yes or no. Okay. And, I like that. That's an interesting answer. Yes. When an artist came in and I liked it, I wouldn't let him out, out the door. When there was a deal on the table for something, I knew how to close it. But I think the interesting thing was motivating my team. If you go to the Atlantic football movie on YouTube, you'll get a real good idea of how I motivated the team. And it was nothing that stopped me or that I wouldn't do that I would ask somebody else to do. If you know what I'm saying, being the president meant nothing to me. I was one of the guys. I was one of the team members and i think that resonated and you know by 32 my positions in atlantic was i came in as jerry wexler's assistant yeah and jerry was like the vice president of the company at the time and a great producer and a great a and r guy and then when they sold the company in 69 and he kind of took off to florida i became very friendly with Ahmed Erdogan, who was the chairman of the company. Mm -hmm. And he recognized my talent. And he knew that I was the guy to make the decisions. He wasn't there all the time. He traveled a lot. And all of a sudden, they named me president at 32. But I never, it's interesting, because I never let the title interfere with who I was. And who I wanted everybody to love and like. And most of the artists, because I was a drummer, fell in love with me because I was one of them. Yeah. I knew I was good friends with Bonzo from Zeppelin. I was good friends with Carl Palmer and I good friends with Alan White. And yes, so I knew and they all the players. And when I would show up at an Emerson Lake and Palmer gig, the first thing I did was go to the dressing room and Carl Palmer and I would play fours on the, uh, on a, on a pad. And, um, I think that was the key to my success in the music business. I suppose because you had experience of doing what they doing and you weren't just coming in as a suit. So it broke that barrier and allowed for free flow of communication. So, yeah, I think the, the the key to my success was, that I was the fact that I was a musician. Mm. The fact that I knew what a musician was going through on the road, trying to become a hit artist. Uh, and all of that put together with a guy who didn't have an ego, knew how to say yes or no. And really, basically, I don't think you'll find anybody out there in the business has got a bad word about Jerry Greenberg. So let's let's hope I'm correct. And let's hope that my documentary gets finished. Let, let me tell you the interesting thing is I started this documentary 10 years ago mm-hmm. when I saw Jerry Weintraub, who I work with, and you can check out Jerry's background. And I called him. I said, oh, I love your documentary. He goes, you need to do one. I said, really? Yeah. So he put me with his guys, his producers, and that dragged out. And 
for eight years, I went from one situation to another situation to another situation. I'm sure you have been through that kind of a situation yeah, also. Totally. So <laughs> two years ago, I got a call from a two-time Academy Award director named Barbara Koppel, okay. who said to me, you need to do a documentary on your life. I'd like to do it. I go, that's great. We started talking about it. And at that time, I was just getting involved in Korea because I believe the next step is going to be, at that time, the young groups coming out of South Korea. And we put together a budget. We were all set to go. And then COVID hit. (laughs) Yeah. And her crew got sick. She got sick. I They weren't taking me to, you know. But I went to Korea anyways, and I made a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. And I still believe at some point Blackpink is going to be one of the biggest groups in the world, the other groups that are breaking big. So one of the talents I think Jerry has is smelling out where the business is going and what the next thing is going to be. Listen, I gave Easy and Dre their biggest hit with a group called JJ Fad on uh, Ruthless Records. I made the deal for Ruthless Records years ago. So I recognized that rap was coming. I'm recognizing that EDM was coming. I recognize now that this Korean groups are coming. So I think that's one of the keys that helped me and still helps me in this business today. As an extension of that comment, you mentioned you recognize the genres. When you see an artist for the first time and you know they're going to be massive, how do you know? And what is that feeling you get when you are watching that or when you watch that artist for the first time? Well, <laughs> recognizing talent is uh, is really a God-gifted gift. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I can say. I was very, if you want to say, left field, where I recognized the uh, bands coming out of England you know, like King Crimson and Roxy Music. Uh, I recognized the disco thing by going and becoming friendly with the owner of Studio 54. Okay. And I, we became best friends, and I would go to 54, and i hear a record. And then two months later, I'd hear it on the radio. i go, wait a minute, discos are breaking records. So I put Atlantic into the disco business. We were the number one disco company in the world. And that's where I found Chic. That's where I found Sister Sledge. And to give you an example of hearing talent, I got a call from a publisher and said she found this girls group and she'd like to bring them by. You know, she's got a lot of interest from other record companies. So she brought them by. And there were three girls, and they sang for me in my conference room. And she said, uh, Jerry, we're on our way. Now we have another appointment at RCA. And I said, no, you don't. 
<laughs> you know why? I said, because you're going to sign with Michael Jackson's record label. Mm-hmm. And of course, the girls screamed and they loved it. That girls group turned out to be Brownstone. Yes. And if you check them out, they went platinum, had biggest R&B hits in the world. And somehow you just get a gut, I get mm-hmm. a gut feeling when I hear something great and different. And you have to be, somebody said to me, how do you find all this stuff? And I said, you got to be in the street. Being in the street, listening to people, watching trends, and you put all of that together with a little luck, (laughs) okay? A little luck. And being a nice guy. Jerry, you mentioned a whole different, uh, many types of different genres of music. Is there a specific type that is your favorite, or do you love them all? Well, it's interesting. The type of music that really attracts me I think because I'm a drummer yes. is what the bass player and the drummer is doing. Tempo. I mean, of course, dance has uh, all those groups have great tempo, but I go from Genesis to Sheik. <laughs> yeah. And that's a pretty wide spectrum if yeah. you think about it. Um, you know, when I first heard Foreigner, it's a pop rock band. When I heard ABBA, that's a pop, really a pop group. Mm. So I I can't explain to you what gets me crazy or not. But somehow growing up in the 60s and the 70s and listening to radio and listening to music, I was able to get what was going on. I called the manager, Lior Cohn, who's the head of of YouTube now. He remembers me calling him back in 1986 when he managed the Beastie Boys. Okay. And I said, wait a minute. You're going to have the next biggest group in the world with these guys. So things like that, somehow I recognized. And, um, you know, like I say, I still... Have a feeling South Korean acts are going to be the next. They're already happening, but next real big thing. I love pop artists. I love what's going on with young people right now. Young people are really getting into making records in their bedrooms, making videos in their bedrooms, Mm. and that's why we have so many new, incredible new artists that are happening out there right now. And my next step is going to be putting together a company that's going to find the next big artist. Mm-hmm. It's going to make documentaries. I've got rights to some people for documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, listen, I learned from David Giffen and Robert Stigwood. Yeah, those were my teachers. You couldn't get better teachers than that. Robert Stigler with the BGS and Saturday Night Fever, David Geffen with Dream Girls and and the movies. So you have two people like that that respect you, but you respect and you learn from them. Then hopefully, my new company will be 
the next big successful situation. You got to enjoy what you're doing. You got to have fun. You got to respect the people that you're doing business with. And that's what I feel right now. I'm out of the hospital. God wasn't ready to take me months ago. And I'm filled with energy. I'm filled with spirit. And something big is going to happen again. Trust me. You see, you, and, and you got it on tape early. <laughs> <laughs> How many guys, you know, just get an email from a stranger that says he wants to do a podcast with you? I mean, obviously coming through Patricia, yeah. you know, who I love and I work with, you know, you, you, she would never have sent it to me if she didn't think we should meet. Next. But somebody that, that, answers the phone, answers emails, takes the situation like, wait a minute, you just don't know where the next big situation is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So investigate, go to talk to the person, uh, read a lot. Listen, I signed Genesis without hearing a note of music only because reading the English trades. I said, wait a minute, this, this band is something special. I got to get to them. I called their record label. I said, listen, Jerry Greenberg, I'm uh, starting a new company. I'd love to start, uh, love to sign Genesis. And he said, the only way you're going to get Genesis is take the whole label. So I took the whole label, Charisma, <laughs> other acts. And, uh, you know, you got to have a, a guts in this business. Yeah. The entertainment business is not a bunch of, Lawyers and accountants, the entertainment business to be successful is you got to have a gut. And I go by my gut. I wouldn't let those girls out of my office till I signed <laughs> Brown's. So that, that's what it's all about. So my next question is about the way the listeners listen to music. So we had cassettes and vinyls and CDs. Those are making a comeback. But we have these digital platforms. What is your thought about the digital platform and how the, uh, the listeners consume music these days? Well, it's it's interesting. I think that the business now is healthy. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of new artists coming through the pipeline, but it's changing. And where it's all going to go, nobody's buying CDs anymore. Uh, people are like, getting their music off the Spotify and yeah. this and that. So it's going to be interesting where it's all going to go. But what I think is that there's a big, big influence of great new talent that's happening. Yeah. My, my, my opinion on, on digital music is it is what it is and it's going to be with us. So we better join the party. That's what I can say. We're really in a situation now in the entertainment business Mm -hmm. where a lot of great things are going to emerge. I think a lot of great things are going to emerge. So let's all hang on to our hats and enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. (laughs) Enjoy life. So Jerry, as my, you know, there's, so many things we can discuss, but I'm going to leave that to the listening audience to 
watch the documentary that is coming out soon to get more details of Jerry Greenberg. But if you had to give advice to the younger generation who are busy in the entertainment world, what would you give them? Advice I would like to give to the young generation out there is follow your dream. Never give up. Never give up. Especially if you feel you've got talent. Pick up your guitar. Pick up the piano. Listen to your teachers. But the main thing that I would like to say, stay off drugs. Stay off drugs. I lost too many drummer friends of mine from alcohol, from drum, from drugs. And the first thing I did, believe it or not, when I got out to California in 1986, I joined a group of young people, older people, that formed a group called MAP, M-A-P, Musicians, Sister, Musicians Assistance Program. That turned in to Music Cares. Okay. You should need some Music Cares and put it in this thing. Because right now, Music Cares raises millions and millions of, do- of dollars to help drug addicted musicians and etc. And if I had to give the number one priority for all you young people out there, that's it, babe. You don't need you don't need to get high to be a good musician. So take advice from an older person. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it first from Mr. Jerry Greenberg. Stay focused, stay sober, and continue on your journey.